Yeah, yeah, what's good, everybody? I just I was uh, getting on the podcast action, re, uh, researching my final four bracket, and it's been a pretty amazing week, gotta say, as we turn the pretty lights down. I was able to do quite a bit of uh, activities around the house. I uh, rearranged my apartment, and um, so I can do a lot more activities now. And uh, I rotated my sofa, like Tim McGraw said, my rocking chair toward the west. But I did it mostly southwest, actually southeast. If you're talking about um, the nose of the couch, I rotated it in a southeast fashion. Uh, fashion. Uh, so it's kind of like southeast by southwest airlines. Get it? Because they have like American Eagle by American Airlines. Yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so many funny jokes and great sports talk. I, um, I, I did a Final Four bracket. Of, well, I did a bracket, and I got to say, my Final Four it looks amazing. I didn't have any teams in it. I'm looking at it right now. San Diego State, FAU, uh, Miami, UConn, nope, 0 for 4, pretty good. I had uh, Alabama, Marquette, Houston, and UCLA. And uh, it's not going to be that, so uh, we're going to toss that bracket down the toilet. Uh, the, the other one, though, I think I have one. I don't have one. Okay. I was going to have Texas, and then Miami came back. And I said that Miami was the only team I still had left, and I was kidding. I, I was actually talking about Texas. Texas is the only team I had left, and I uh, Texas lost, even though they put up a, a great game. Miami just came in so committed to excellence, and they said, we're going to take our program to the first Final Four in history. And you know who else said that? FAU and San Diego State. So three out of the four uh, are, are just like trailblazers here uh, for college basketball, and that's so great to see. Uh, because what if, if you're a student at one of these institutions or um, you know alums and and you're just like, holy crap, like we actually have a college basketball team this year, you know? And and to make it to the Final Four, to be able to hang that from from the rafters, that's a pretty cool thing because I uh I value what they hang on the rafters. I do. I uh I'm a big fan of when they hang things on the rafters. Like retired numbers, championship banners, uh Billy Joel selling out the garden however many times. I'm a huge fan of what anything they hang in the rafters i think that uh it's it's gold so uh i i'm i'm happy you know i don't know where fau plays their home games but i'm sure that arena is going to be absolutely just jam-packed people are going to be people are going to be trying to pull into boca raton from i-95 the tra- i couldn't Im- imagine when they hang that banner next year there's going to be so much traffic on i-95 they're going to have to shut it down they're going to have to shut it down they're going to have to they're going to have to sell parking tickets and the neighborhoods around the arena because that arena has never seen anything like this guaranteed this this, this arena is going to be packed all these all these owl faithful they're going to be playing um owl city featuring um uh, who uh whoever's in that song fireflies right and they're going to be playing fireflies by owl city did you see the firefly you know that song actually let's pull it up but i i think that um yeah, Boca is just gonna go crazy next year when they hang this. And same with Miami, you know, uh, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to really plan for this. You know, I I uh, applied for the job. It's uh, traffic 
uh, traffic uh, officer for the Final Four banner um, hangings for for the for the Final Four banner uh, nights at, at respective universities. They have a job for this. You can apply on Indeed um, at, for the University of Miami and for Florida Atlantic University. And I think it's such a cool job to be able to uh, be there when they when they uh, hang the Final Four banners. Um, so I thought, well, yeah, maybe I'll apply. And so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, hopefully they'll give me a call back. A couple different jobs down there. I think I would do, you know, great work. Um, because I know how busy it's going. People are going to be, you know, sitting in traffic for three hours to watch, to watch FAU hang that. And everyone's going to be singing Owl City. They're going to be singing Fireflies. And in Miami, they're going to be singing Will Smith, hanging the banner. Um, but I, I think if anybody's not done, it would be Miami. I feel like they could probably win it all. Not sure. Not sure, actually. This one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a classic. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is the FAU fight song, you guys? So good. Well, anyway, we've got a show to do, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'd like to make myself believe that planet Earth turns slowly. It's hard to say that I'd rather, uh, you know, prompt to hurry up. Stay awake when I'm asleep. That makes a lot of sense. It's hard to say that I'd rather stay awake when I'm asleep, which I, you know, th those are words that live by. I think when FAU students and the acceptance rate has got to be what, 70, 80, 90, 95%. I don't know what the acceptance rate is, uh, but I just know that if they're going to have to write an essay to get in, you know, because a lot of people are going to want to go to FAU now, they're going to have to probably uh, come up with a system here to uh, to gauge people's true talent. And I think one of those things is to write an essay about Fireflies by Owl City, what that means to them, you know? And I think I think it's, uh, you know, just dissect the lyrics a little bit. Cause everything is never as it seems. What does that mean? Leave my door open just a crack. Please take me away from here. Is what he says in the next verse. And because I feel like such an insomniac, please take me away from here. What does that mean to, you know, someone looking to go to school at FAU? And um, just really, you know, what does that mean when I'm when I'm far too tired to fall asleep? And these students are going to be, you know, writing. It's going to be like, when I first heard fireflies, I knew I was a FAU owl. To 10 million fireflies, I'm weird because I hate goodbyes. I too hate goodbyes. One time I had to say goodbye to my ex-girlfriend. That was last year. It's just like, oh, great. So, um, you know, it's going to be harder to get in there now. So many people are going to be wanting to go there, not only because it's FAU and on the beach, but because they've got a, a world-class basketball team. And that's, that's important. I mean, that's pretty cool. So the new Duke, the new Duke of Florida, it's FAU. And I'm here for it. I think I'm, I knew a, a cheerleader from from FAU, and wow, one of the one of the greatest people I've ever met. So, you know, I. But uh, this has been a show about absolutely nothing besides Final Four, and I gotta say, uh, I think Miami could win it all. 
I don't know if what what they would play at their championship banner. Probably Will Smith, Miami, yeah. But I mean, you know, there's so many Miami songs now. Um, I don't know what they, you know, maybe they have their own fight song. You know, maybe it's not a regular song. Maybe it's "Call Me Maybe" by Carly Rae Jepsen. I don't know. It it could be a number of different songs uh, because the Miami Hurricanes, they're no, they're not your father's hurricanes you know they're not your father's miami hurricanes where they were singing bob dylan and comes the story of a hurricane no they're not doing that anymore because they're not even good at football anymore so they have to rely on basketball and so they're probably singing things more like you know um ghetto superstar that is what you are and i think i'm here for that too i think that's great i i, I appreciate a good time and coral gables Oof, yeah, if I could have a good time in Coral Gables, I think I would, you know, I would enjoy my life. Uh, who wouldn't want to go to the U, you guys? I mean, it's pretty sweet. Uh, a little expensive for my taste. But um, if I got in there and I had some pretty good scholarships, you know, Jimmy Johnson put a good word in for me. Maybe uh, The Rock. I think he played football there. Uh, actually, I think he won the national championship there. Um but, uh, you know, these are not your father's Miami Hurricanes. Still a good time. Still an awesome city, you know. But uh, I, And I, I guess I'm pulling for them the rest of the way, even though I did have Texas to win. I was kind of like, well, I, w- I at least want Florida to represent because they're saying Florida is the new America and everything. And, and by God, it really is. You know, I got two teams in the Final Four just from the state of Florida. And how many times has that happened before? I'm going to say never. You know, Florida State, I don't even know, has been to a Final Four. And, you know, Florida had their great years with, gosh, you guys remember um, my man with, well, first of all, uh, is it Matt Walsh? Matt Walsh, Shamanad grad, did really well at Florida. Um, this was, like, well before Bradley Beal. This is like, a long time ago, right? Uh, like a Chaminade grad from like 2003. I think his name was like Matt Walsh. I think he he was so good. So they were on the map for people growing up in St. Louis. They were always on the map, Florida Gators. And but then it was really Joe Kim Noah under coach, Joe Kim Noah under coach uh, Billy Donovan, who who they named the court after, which is interesting because he's still in the NBA coaching the Bulls. And I always thought it was weird and totally serious about this, but like. Uh, Florida basketball. Florida basketball is pretty pretty sweet. I mean, at least it was back in the day. It's like um, if their football team wasn't a draw, another basketball team wasn't. It was like right at the same time. They were both like super dominant. Um, and then Billy Donovan. So they named the court after him. And I made the joke last year. I'm like, you know, you don't really see that too many times. If a guy like has gone to the NBA and is still coaching, that they would name the court after him. Generally, they name the court after people that have like – been at that school for like tens of you know tens of hundreds of years so you know decades <laughs> no weird way of saying tens of a uh, couple decades but yeah a couple decades or like lifelong coaches like your uh frank haith i mean um you know hamilton you know not frank haith um because he was only here for a few years but um and and you know hamilton at Florida State might be a coach that you name the court after, and but he's still coaching, so I don't think you can. We named the court after Quinn Snyder here because we we just felt like he was the best candidate, and then we're like, wait, 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 we've got another guy. I believe his name. 
Norm Stewart. And everyone was like, well, yeah, it's got to be Norm's court. Why would you even consider Quinn? I'm like, I didn't, you know, somebody just mentioned, you know, Quinn Snyder the other day. And uh, I thought that's what you guys were talking about. No, it wasn't for the court. Okay. So it was Norm Stewart. And um, Quinn had a lot of good times here, you guys. Quinn was quite uh, social when he was the men's basketball coach here. And I think people liked him for it and other people may not have. Well, anyway, so Quinn is coaching in the NBA. And, and we would not name a court after Quinn Snyder. He was only here for like a few years, right? Norm Stewart's here many years. He's not He's not coaching in the NBA, so he's a pro uh, basketball coach, college basketball coach. So he was a great candidate. And it's like, you know, uh, Billy Donovan's over there in Chicago coaching the Bulls in, in the NBA. I think he was only coaching at Florida maybe uh, 15 years, tops. So to me, it's just it's weird that they named the court after him while he's still very, like a very young guy like in the NBA. Like he, Usually naming the court is like reserved for like, you know – like I said, a little older, been with the school for tens of, what did I say, tens of hundreds of years? Yeah, I just mean like decades or more. And, um, yeah, generally just an older guy, just an older guy that's been there for, for so long or retired and, and, like, still lives in that college town. Billy Donovan's not that guy. You know, he he <laughs> still very young. If you see him, like, he's got a full head of hair. He probably could coach another 40 years. So I don't know if that was the, if that was the move by UF, but – you know, they just have some great basketball teams. And also, it's kind of like, to me, because they haven't been good in a while, it's almost like they were like, okay, yeah, we got, well, we got the Billy Donovan years. We're good. We're good. That was it. We just wanted to be good for a few years to establish that we actually still have a basketball team here in Florida. That's kind of what it feels like they did. And I, I don't like that because they are in the same conference as Missouri and Kentucky. You know, Kentucky an elite basketball program. They deserve to have other, you know, programs in the SEC kind of step up and not just say, "Oh, yeah, we're going to name the court after somebody that was here for ten years and then went to uh, then went to the NBA." Like, so I don't know. Bruce Pearl is still doing his thing. Coach Barnes at, in Tennessee, Knoxville. You know, they're still doing their thing. Calipari, obviously. So we just need more coaches like that in the Southeastern Conference, for which I am one with. Uh, huge SEC guy. So, um, uh, yeah, we need, we need more like that. And I think, uh, too, like one thing that's opened my eyes is like maybe, you know, with Florida schools doing really well this year in the tournament, California schools doing really, is this going to turn into like a, well, it's because they can play all year and, 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 you know, that's why they're better at baseball and football and Florida and Texas. It's like I'm sick of hearing that excuse like, Oh, that's because they can play all year. You know, jungle gyms are always open in California and Florida. Like, it's such an old guy, dumb argument. Like, if you really want to play basketball and get better, you could do that anywhere, you know? And because especially that's a dumb argument for basketball. The mecca of basketball used to be New York City. The boroughs, you know, whatever, Jersey, and even Philadelphia. So that stretch of the Atlantic coast from from philly up to new york and and then probably all the way down to dc at one point because georgetown was really relevant and a lot of their greats came from washington dc another great basketball city so it's like now that is shifted and we see it this year more than ever it's like florida is the, the spot you have two teams from the state of florida never been done before both in the final four and to me, you know, that's that tells me it, not that you can play outside all year and be safe in Florida, which shout out to DeSantis because you can play safe outside in Florida all year. 
But uh, <laughs> I think I don't mean to get political. It's more of a joke. But but yeah, I mean you can go to Texas and play outside all year and and be safe. But you can like the point is is like yeah, it's warmer climate. We get it. They can play outside all year and not be freezing. I think is more of the argument there. But um, I just don't want that argument for basketball. I just don't think it's because you still have a ton of people in like metropolises like uh, Chicago, New York, and and things like that. And it's like where are our good basketball players and where are they going to college because they're not well represented in the NCAA tournament, right? Is that safe to say? Because, you know, it was cool. It was cool when Loyola made their little run, I think like four or five years ago now. That was cool. But it just was like, it seemed like they skipped a step, you know? It just seemed like, like, shouldn't they have been like, relevant for a few years before that i feel like they weren't and they just like just skipped a step and just claimed them claimed the fame all the way to the all the way to the final four like i just don't know how they made it and it kind of feels like that's the case with fau this year um not so much san diego state they're, they're a five c they had a great year out west and um you know that they've kind of it's little by little they've gotten more relevant on the West Coast and won a lot of basketball games. But I, I just think like a school like FAU, and I don't mean to, to dog on them at all, you know, Owl City, yeah, it's a, it's a joke. I mean, that's not the real fight song. People know, I, I think. I mean, I don't think anybody knows what their actual fight song is, but I give them some ideas if they don't know. I mean, um, but, uh, you know, I just think we've got to keep – basketball players are major recruits coming out of major cities like they've got to have a place to play and i'm sorry but like i don't see uh your blue blue i was gonna say blue chew which is which is not what i'm going for uh blue chew blue chew uh no shout out from blue chew no um blue chip that was the word blue chip prospect like high highly touted uh player from from new york city or from uh chicago or St. Louis and and it's like they can't they're not at any of these schools you know like I mean maybe UConn maybe UConn has some I haven't seen their roster I couldn't tell you but maybe they have a couple guys from the Bronx right something like that even Mizzou had a couple guys from the Bronx at one point or or Staten Island Ricardo Ratliff yeah Ricardo Ratliff's good people he's from Staten Island and that was a great Missouri team. That was actually one of the teams that went really far, I think, to the Elite Eight one year. And then next year they were a two seed and got knocked out in the first round. But were a two seed, so a pretty solid year. And I just think, you know, it, we need we need to get back to, like, having our highly touted players go to, like, major institutions. But it's more fun to watch. It's more fun to watch. I know the Big East is down. And like a lot, of, That was the kind of premier basketball conference. I think for a lot of people was the Big East, and you know, then the SEC had a couple teams that got really good, like like I mentioned, like Florida, Kentucky, obviously, and and then you still have uh, any Big Ten school any year basically they can go on a tear, uh, like a Purdue, even though they didn't, but but like moreover, like Illinois generally, if they have a good year, um, pretty much always Michigan or Michigan State, right? So there's just like different Big Ten schools that will make the tournament maybe not even as a one or a two, but a, a three or a four or a five and go pretty far. And you didn't see that this year. You didn't see that this year. So I don't know. In Pac-12, like what happened to the Pac-12? I'm looking at the Elite Eight right now. Wait, what do I have as far as Pac-12 goes? Nothing. Nothing. 
That's crazy. So cancel the tournament. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, Gonzaga and UConn was the game because they, they thought that UCLA was going to be there to play Kansas, most people. That was that same family of brackets. That was going to be the huge matchup. Everyone was looking forward to it. They, everyone bought their tickets uh, from um, – who did I talk to on Twitter that had their tickets to this game because their son goes to KU? One World Series MVP for the Chicago White Sox, Jermaine Dye, also a Kansas City Royal. But Jermaine Dye and Oakland Athletic and God knows where else. But definitely the White Sox and Royals from my memory and a little bit from the A's. But growing up, I saw him at Kaufman with Aunt Karen, and then I saw him, uh, you know, win the World Series on the south side of Chicago when I went to a football, I mean, a baseball game up there uh, and skipped football practice on a Friday afternoon in St. Louis, and my team got mad at me, but we didn't have a game that Saturday or Friday night. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> got to meet Jermaine Dye. Yeah, uh, so Jermaine Dye, his, I guess, son goes to KU now. Maybe he plays baseball there. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Maybe he's just a student. Maybe, you know, he's like Magic Johnson's son and doesn't partake in sports at all. Uh, have you guys seen Magic Johnson's son? Yeah, he's just like he does He does his thing. He doesn't really, um, like, partake in sports. And I don't know if I'm saying the right pronoun because I know Magic Johnson's son uh, might not go by he, him. But I just mean, like, the son that Magic Johnson had, which is whatever – he or she is currently uh, was a you know college, just a regular college student, and the same could be said with Jermaine Dye's son. I don't really know um, this. The only you know who I'm gonna say though, um, the one daughter of somebody famous, like an athlete that uh, you guys might remember, Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith went to Florida, but his daughter. Uh, so I toured FSU the same time as his daughter. We were on the same uh, trip. So it was pretty cool. So I was like walking next to her, his daughter, and like uh, Emmett's like just walking, just right, just like a regular, you know, father. And I'm like, holy shit, it's Emmett Smith, you know. <laughs> so speaking of uh, 18 year old entry level essays to college, Florida State has one uh, that actually is like, a, what, what are these? Uh, what is the meaning of our uh, of our Latin phrases? And anyway, then you get to go on a field trip, but um. With Emma Smith, so that was pretty cool. But I will say, I don't know anything about Jermaine Dye's son, but I know that he had tickets to this uh, Elite Eight game, Kansas in UCLA. Canceled, canceled. I said, no Bruins, no Jayhawks here. And, you know, nobody was really complaining over here. But I got to say, Miami and Texas, that was a game that a lot of people were looking forward to. Uh, of course, if you're in Texas, the state of Texas, you probably had Houston in that game. But that that might have been the only game this past weekend that I was really, like, looking forward to, per se. Like, FAU, Kansas State, you know, Cinderella story versus, you know, a pretty good team from the Big 12, but a team that is not even college basketball elite uh, in their own conference, the Big 12, nor their own state, Kansas. So, you know, great year for Jerome Tang. Uh, we love first-year head coaches, all the way from Dennis Gates to Jerome Tang. And Kevin Willard, I think that's his last name, or Willard, or, yeah, Maryland. Um, they had a great uh, tournament debut, all three of them, but Jerome Tang especially. Um, so that game I watched a little bit of. San Diego State and Creighton, you know, I didn't watch, and this was actually the closest game on paper. I didn't watch any of it. 
And uh, I, but I knew San Diego State was good. Now I watched some of it. I shouldn't lie. I probably was watching golf, and then I flipped back. Um, but um, you know, I think that Creighton had a good year. Always a tough. Um, so they they said screw the Missouri Valley. They went to the Big East, which the Big East was already canceled then. So and they didn't know that. So they're like, oh shit! Now we're in. Now we're in the Big. Is that Creighton? Creighton did go to the Big East, right? And and they're like, you know, now this conference is, is basically shit. And why why are we here? Uh, why did we come here this time? And um, wow, I mean, but they're very good, right? And that might be the best team in the Big East that nobody would have ever said ten years ago. Like, oh yeah, I think uh, you know, twenty twenty three, the Creighton Blue Jays are just going to have a great year. It's like you told you tell somebody at St. John's or uh, Rutgers, no, there was Rutgers used to be in the Big East, yeah, at St. John's or Seton Hall or uh, or uh, down in uh, Georgetown. Shout out Providence, Kim English. But if you mentioned ten years ago, even five years ago, to folks at, at any of those schools, Providence, St. John's, uh, Villanova, or, or was I saying Georgetown? Like, if you were like, "Yo, uh, Kimmy, uh, you see, uh, you see these Creighton Blue Jays, Missouri Valley Conference? Yeah, I think they're going to be probably the best team in the Big East in 2023." People would laugh at you. Like, who is this team from? And people on the East Coast generally, um, you know, don't love geography. So if if you know if you told them that, they would laugh and they say, "Like, where is Creighton anyway? Uh, New Hampshire?" No, it's it's in Nebraska. But if you tell somebody on the East Coast, like um, anywhere in between Florida and New York, they really don't know where that is. You know, like if I was like, <laughs> the, I know from experience, like I would tell people uh, from Missouri, and you'd have to say St. Louis because they don't have any idea where Missouri is. Um, they know St. Louis because of the arch and sports. Um, what else? You know, I, I I'm just saying, no one had any idea Creighton would be the best team represented uh, in this tournament from the Big East Conference in 2023. So that's a salute to them and what they've been able to do. And I thought I talked about it. I said, you know, the state of Nebraska has done a lot of. Uh, they want to get tourists and things like that uh, back to Nebraska. I don't know if they were ever there, but if they want to get tourism going in Nebraska, like sports and entertainment. And, um, you know, because Lincoln and football has not been very good um, the past, what, 15 years, really? So, yeah, and they've got to fill the stance somewhere. They want to get sports and tourism going again and entertainment. And, like, it's not going to be Nebraska basketball, so look no further. Like, Creighton, Creighton's come a long way. They are uh, the premier basketball program in the state of Nebraska. And I think that if the Cornhuskers ever got going again, could you imagine living in Nebraska and being spoiled every year with just the best college basketball team? Granted, they're not the same institution, but, like, you know, if you don't really care, then it's, like, it's pretty cool. It would almost be like if you were growing up in New York and, like, you know, St. John's is really good at basketball, so you're like, of course. And then, um, God, that's a bad example because Syracuse is, like, way up there, never really that good at football anyway. They used to be, but um, it, it would, yeah, sure. Like St. Louis, you know, you got the if, if a slew was good at basketball and Mizzou was really good at football, that would it would be like that. I think people would people would like that. They'd be like, oh yeah, of course I'm going to go to Mizzou. Of course I'm going to go to Slu. Go watch the Mizzou football and you can watch Slu basketball. That's a draw. Some people that that's a draw for them. They want to like go to school where they can be entertained or just like 
um, go and if you're retired, just go to these great places uh, and watch sports events. You know, great sports talk. So, got to get basketball going again in different parts of the country, but especially the big cities where basketball is big in high school and you know uh, prospects coming out of high school. We've got to get like because I just don't feel like that's well well represented in this tournament. Like I said, there's no Pac-12 teams in the entire Elite Eight. And, you know, Los Angeles is kind of big in basketball, Los Angeles, San Francisco. I mean, these places do produce a lot of talent generally, but not like the East Coast. So let's look at it. Uh, big East, what did you have? Outside of Creighton, nothing. Um, UConn plays – is UConn in the Big East? So maybe UConn. Yeah, so you had UConn and Creighton, excuse me. Uh, and now you still have UConn. So UConn might – I misspoke. Wow, that's crazy. So UConn is in the Big East. I totally forgot about that. What else would they be in? Like the uh, – no, that's right. They wanted to go to the ACC, but then the ACC was like, you guys realize you're going to have to play football against you know Miami and Florida State. You, do you really want to come to – the ACC and they're like yeah you're right let's just stay in the Big East so that's a true story so that's UConn and UConn is in the Big East right 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 so they are the only Big East team in the tournament because Miami's in the ACC yeah San Diego State's God knows where and FAU we have no idea so you have two major conferences I guess but uh, definitely the ACC is the only real major conference as far as ESPN uh, what they would say but um I mean, the Big East just is not what it used to be. I mean, look at the Sweet 16, by the way. And to go from one to uh, buckle my shoe, three three SECs, three SECs to none in the next round. I mean, that's got it. That was tough. That was tough because the, the week before that, that Saturday before that was the Saturday sadness where you had Mizzou lose. Uh, the round of 32, you had Mizzou go down. You had Kentucky go down. You had, um, well, that might have been the next day. Yeah, that was the Sunday. But you had Mizzou go down in this round. You had Kentucky go down in this round. You had Auburn go down in this round. You had, um, oh, not an SEC, but local. So Kansas went down as well that same day as Missouri. Um, and, uh, of course, you had, who was the other one? Tennessee actually won. They went to the next round. But, um, yeah, so that, that Saturday, though, that was quite traumatic for folks because you had uh, Kansas got upset really bad by Arkansas. Uh, you had Mizzou go down and Kentucky. So, like, a lot kind of happened with the SEC and, like, local um, being in Missouri. And then, like I said, the Elite Eight, you don't have any SECs at all. So not for nothing, not only do you not have any Pac-12s, right, because Gonzaga's not in the Pac-12, you don't have any SEC, you don't have any Pac-12. What the F? You know, somebody get uh, Petros Papadakis and uh, uh, who's an SEC spokesman? Um, Let's say, mm, I don't know, Steve Spurrier. Let's have them to come and and talk to – the NCAA people and get this straightened out because we cannot, we need to lobby for more. We need to lobby for more just straight out. We, we need to, this is not acceptable. No SECs, no PAC 12 in the elite eight. 
And we're talking about the most elite conferences, you know. We're talking about the conference. Well, I know they're going to the Big Ten, but we're talking about the basketball conference for UCLA, for USC. Um, Stanford has some good years every now and then. Um, you know, I don't know, you guys. Like, there's a lot of Pac-12. Uh, Arizona? Arizona. Wow, yeah. Bad bad loss, Arizona. So, Pac-12, yeah, Arizona. UCLA, nowhere to be found. Uh, SEC, Kentucky, Tennessee, nowhere to be found. And we'd like the same zoo, but same thing. So, I don't know. It's uh, It's a weird year, and people have said it's the most exciting year. I don't really see it. Like I said, if I was in Boca, I might see it. But even then, do people in Boca really care about the Owls? I was making a joke saying that it's going to be packed. Uh, we got to have traffic people come in and for the for the uh, putting the numbers in the Raptors next year, the NCAA March Madness Final Four uh, banner when it's when it's uh, put up in, in Boca. You know that arena is just going to go crazy. Let me tell you, I don't, you know, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. But, but if you do go to FAU, then that's amazing. Like, you're doing good. Good job. Because you go to college in Boca Raton. So, you know, that's all I have to say. And uh, that's it. I'm going to take a break. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Good time, Owl City. This is uh, this is my anthem. Let me hear it again. It's always a good time. Didn't care. Yeah. Take me anywhere. Yeah. If you're down to get down, and oh, I love the lyrics too. It should be an entry level essay at FAU. What does "Good Time" by Owl City and Carly Rae Jepsen mean to you? I wake up at twilight. It's going to be all right. Yeah, great lyrics, great sports talk. Owl City, Florida Atlantic. My God, what are we doing? Um, look, I don't know their fight song, but I just, I really, I'm a strong advocate for, um, for that essay to be implemented to the Florida Atlantic University admissions requirement. I just think, you know, they need to talk about what the music and what the lyrics really mean. If they're, if they're going to be a good owl, if they're going to be a good owl, they're really going to have to dissect some lyrics, at least for me, if I'm, if I'm on the admissions board at FAU. That's what I'm, you know, I could care less about all the other stuff. You know, um, what did you do in high school? No, no, we don't care about that. What does Owl City mean to you? <laughs> that's, that's what it is. And I just, I hope uh, things are going to get a lot better in Boca because, you know, the basketball team playing better, more people are going to want to go there and everyone's moving to Florida. So we need to like allocate our resources likewise. So I say, yeah, let's, uh, let's make FAU the new Duke of our new Republic of Florida. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have Florida State as the main uh, college football uh, because we, it just makes more sense logistically. There's more parking in Tallahassee. The Florida Stadium, the way they did it, it's great if you're a pedestrian. But I think if you want to, like, tailgate and really get into college football, it's got to be Tallahassee, right? So I just I think that that's what you want to do. And keep Florida, you know, give them a few good years every now and then. And Miami, you know, we got to keep them competitive, uh, because if if they lose like four games, then their attendance drops to like twenty thousand. 
what a joke. But um, yeah, I mean uh, that's what it is. I, and we're just building the new republic. We're building the new republic. It's the Florida Republic, and it's if you can't tell by the the sports landscape, that's what it is. It's got to be. I mean, I don't know if DeSantis already announced it, but um, it's it's just a great place to live, and it's called uh, the New America. So I didn't know if folks knew that or not, but. But yeah, we. I actually I spoke to uh, Jimmy Patronus last night. We're gonna uh, develop a financial plan um, for these institutions and uh, for for refugees from the other uh, forty nine states to uh, come to Florida and uh, go to college in Florida. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Realistically, though. Um, <laughs> oh my god. What was I saying? Yeah. The basketball tournament, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's whatever. But how about MLB coming back? You guys, baseball's almost back, and, and that's, like, a really exciting year for us because we go – if I go to any event more uh, than, you know, like a concert or comedy show, it's got to be baseball games. I just love going to baseball games, soaking in the nice warm breezes of the summer, smelling the – beverage stations uh beer spilled on the floor i love that like concrete and beer kind of smell and um i do and and i i do and i like and i just like uh the organ player like playing the organ um they don't they don't do that at every baseball stadium but like bush and wrigley and uh yankee stadium were at dodger stadium too where the organs just like second to none they play good music with the organ um, I like that, and just like a nice hot dog, maybe a little onions on it, uh, and um, yeah, that's really my thing. And the summer is kind of uh, that time of year is very special to me. Um, you know, for years, like Bush Stadium was kind of my home away from home, and I think um, I would like to partake this year in the 5K that's in person. I, I did the virtual one during COVID, and I'm getting back in 5K form. Uh, recovering from my injury quite well. Uh, it's not so much pain now in my um, the leg muscle that was torn, so that's good. Um, and I actually feel like I could jog now. So I think that I'll be 5K ready, or at least I could walk it for the one in person. It's pretty cool this year, you guys. It goes to Cardinals Care, and if you finish, you get to uh, walk around the stadium. I, I guess the warning track would is what it would be. I don't think they would let you walk on – we're not little kids. We're not going to like run the bases. It's, it's like just a warning track, like with the Clydesdales and the players um, walking on an opening day. They go around the field on the, on the warning track. That's what it is. It's not running the bases, so don't sign your kids up for the 5K maybe. But uh, <laughs> that's true. They sent, they sent me an email, and I'm like, wait, what does this mean? We're going to run around the bases? No, it just means that they'll finish inside Bush Stadium, which means the warning track, not the infield. So we're going to stay at uh, your love by the outfield. Uh, Josie's on a vacation far away, so do a 5K. That's what I say. Uh, anyway, so um, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go work out or something. I'm just like getting kind of weaselly in here. Um, dumb jokes, just dad jokes left and right. Can't do it. Um, what else? Yeah, baseball is back. I got the MLB package. Shout out T-Mobile. T-Mobile Tuesday really hooked it up once again. They did this, I think, two years ago. Maybe it was last year. They have these uh, T-Mobile Tuesday promotion events, which are fantastic. And this year, um, and I guess last year is what it was, they give you, if you're a T-Mobile client, 
you get the full season on the MLB package. Now, locally, it doesn't do much, right? Like locally, if you're in in Missouri like me, like you still have to get a cable package that has Bally Sports Midwest to watch the Cardinals uh, and their new announcer from the Atlanta Braves, uh, Chip Carey, or is it Skip? Chip was, I think, um, Harry's son. And and this is true, by the way. I'm not just like oddly naming odd names, uh, th- which they kind of are. Like they're they're definitely unique names. Not uh, you know you don't typically like hey yeah, I was hanging out with Skip the other night. Like no nobody says that. It's just not a common name, all right? But Skip Carey is the new Cardinals announcer. And Skip was uh, I don't know if he was ever a Cardinals announcer. I think he did do some work with WGN when his dad was a Cubs announcer. Harry Carey, of course. Or no, it's is it grandfather? I'm very confused right now. I think Chip is actually the son and Skip is the grandson. So Skip might be third generation uh, National League. Third generation National League. I don't know what that means for America, but <laughs> third generation. Uh, third generation National League. Because I just said it's funny because Harry started out, Harry Carey started out with the White Sox. And then he announced for the Cubs. And then uh, son Chip. And then went to Atlanta with Turner Sports. And so they've been announcing the Braves, uh, father and son, Chip and Skip, I believe is how it is. And Skip has been asked to come to St. Louis. And that, that kind of, that's like a big deal for me. Like, I, I think, um, you know, like how the Yankees get like the best of the best baseball players. Oftentimes they sign everybody. They're said to have just a immaculate payroll. Well, the Cardinals do 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 this kind of like um, on a local level. They don't, it's not like they're the Yankees. They don't pull in like the absolute best in the game right now and pay them up the wazoo to come in for three years. Like the Cardinals are a lot to me, in my opinion, a little smarter with their money, but what they do do is kind of assert their local uh, dominion, like their dominance over like other baseball uh markets in the country that are uh similar in size or, or just like regional like atlanta's not like that close but you know you have uh, the whole midwest area and like south too cardinal fans oftentimes cardinals sometimes cubs and then like as you go towards atlanta you have some braves but still a lot of cardinal fans a lot of cardinal fans everywhere because of KMOX and um Cub fans because WGN and just being able to listen or watch uh, certain games anywhere in the country. Well, um, <clears throat> well, the Braves kind of had that too with with TNT. Uh, whenever uh, folks would you know uh, have TNT, the Braves were in contract with them, so that was kind of like a WGN. And I know people on the West Coast that grew up Braves fans uh, for the same reasons, like people in the South grew up Cub fans because of WGN. People on the West Coast grew up Braves fans because of TNT. So Turner Sports uh, did a great thing with that, um, and but the Cardinals are still the dominant as far as championships go, as far as winning goes, as far as fandom, I believe, in some of the South and certainly the Midwest. Cardinals are the dominant team, and I think how they realize they're they're still dominant is like things like this: picking up a skip carry when Dan McLaughlin goes down. You know, it's not like he really went down, but, you know, he's dealing with some personal stuff, and that's good. You know, he should take care of things like that. Um, hope, we hope Dan's doing well. I know he's doing a lot of, like, radio shows still, um, but he's no longer the head guy uh, for the Cardinals. But 
the guy taking his place, I don't know if you want to call him like a maybe more qualified, we'll say. Definitely maybe more renowned uh, nationally. I mean, not just National League. Nationally, like uh, around the country. Because of his work on TNT, um, Dan has never Dan has never had a um, was never a mainstay for a major. You know, he was always on Fox Sports Midwest or Bally, whereas Skip uh, and his father Chip went went on TNT have been a national brand, right? So I think the Cardinals in. In the sad story that whatever happened with Dan McLaughlin back in whatever the fall, um, they did do a solid by picking up Skip Carey. And it, it does kind of show, like, they are still the Cardinals. They are still baseball's best in this part of the country, you know, where, where you know, the East Coast has the Yankees, the Midwest has the Cardinals, the West Coast has the Dodgers. But to me, that's what it is. And that those are like those are like the best of the best, all three of them. And I know people in Boston are like, are you crazy with Boston Red Sox? And I'm like, no, it's just not, that's not it. But it, you know, I get it. They're a very dominant team and in that neck of the woods. But as far as winning goes, as far as dominating, as far as bringing in the best names for just about, you know, from a left field position to the guy in the booth, the guy in the booth, I just, I feel like those, that, that's what it is. Cardinals, Yankees, Dodgers. Like, and so, Skip Carey will be calling the Cardinals games, but I won't be able to get them. So that's the only thing about the MLB package I'm disappointed about. Um, but I'll be able to watch White Sox, Cubs, Dodgers games, Yankees games. So a couple of, you know, because I've been to all, all those ballparks and uh, spent a lot of time um, in all those places. So to me, you know, being able to watch the White Sox and Cubs spending, you know, numerous summers in Chicago now and uh, L.A. living out there and then New York going back and forth in a relationship and, uh, you know, basically living there. So I, I would say that to me, like being able to watch that still makes the MLB package worthwhile. Plus, I like I'm a bit total baseball nerd. So I kind of like to like compare, uh, you know, what the broadcasters are saying, um, you know, like which ballparks are filling up, you know, kind of like the social scientist, like nerd in me, uh, just doing this stuff. Like, so it's beyond baseball for me. It's just like, uh, well, let's see, let's look how this city's doing, you know? So I don't know. So I just, uh, I'm, I'm a nerd and I love having the MLB package. So shout out T-Mobile, uh, for being able to do that. And, um, yeah, man. So I think it's later this week, Thursday's opening day. So, uh, big news in Houston, where my where my sister lives now. Houston, they just like absolutely reloaded. Um, although Altuve's hurt, they got pff, former MVP from the White Sox, Jose Abreu. That's just going to be wild to me. So they they have just so many sluggers on that team and and pitchers. I mean, Verlander can still pitch. It's crazy. Um, I don't think he retired, so I think he can still pitch, and I think they're going to have a good year um, down there again. Um, I think the Yankees could have a better year, hopefully. Um, and, you know, probably the Cardinals, too. I don't think Adam Wainwright, I don't think he'd come back if, if he didn't think we uh, if the Cardinals had a chance. So uh, I definitely think some of the young talent's got to gotta be a little more timely. But um, if they can get it together, they're going to have a great year. I'm not going to pick a World Series champion uh, on uh, 
March uh, twenty twenty sixth or whatever, but twenty eighth. But I'm not I'm not going to. Uh, but I will say I think that it's whoever can beat Houston, honestly. And if, and if they can beat Houston before the World Series, then I think the champion, like by default, is just rules of the road is is going to be from the American League because if they can knock off Houston, that they can probably win it all. Um, unless they're playing the Dodgers or Cardinals, which I'm a little partial, and then I might have to say, well, uh, give the Cardinals or Dodgers a shot. But basically, I think to win it all, you're going to have to be able to beat Houston and whoever that team that come out of the American League to beat Houston is. And there's some good teams in the American League, no doubt about it. I mean, Anaheim should be better, really. But but definitely, you know, the Yankees, um, the Rays weren't bad last year. The Jays weren't bad last year. Um, and the White Sox could be a lot better, you know. And uh, so I'm looking at kind of those teams to do pretty good. Um, Boston definitely could be in the conversation. Big uh, Picking up red turn two, Justin Turner from the Dodgers, I think, um, might be able to put him in a good spot to finish out his career strong. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how their pitching is. That's the thing about Boston. I don't know how their pitching is. Um, but I know the Yankees pitching is okay. I know their offense is the best. Um, the White Sox pitching could be good. And I got a first-year head coach, former Kansas City bench coach. Um, and I think they're going to be really good. I think the White Sox are going to be a lot of fun. I don't, I don't know how good the Cubs are going to be. I feel bad for Cody Bellinger uh, going to Chicago. It's like they traded everybody away two years ago, uh, you know, i.e. Rizzo, Bryant, um, we know Wilson uh, Contreras, obviously the Cardinals now, Cardinals main guy uh, behind the plate, um, literally because he's catching. <laughs> but yeah, the Cubs are a sorry bunch. But I, I, I think the White Sox will be decent, and I do think uh, you know the Yankees and Astros will be back. Um, Dodgers should be right there in the National League, and um, you never know about those Giants, though. I gotta say, like last year surprised people, the year before surprised people. Padres should have another really good year. Um, and if they can dominate early on, they might be like how the Dodgers won all those games last year. And then I think in 2018 when the Dodgers won all those games, um, you know, like over 100. I think San Diego would have a real possibility to do that if they dominate early. Last year, their problem was they didn't dominate early. And the year before that, every head-to-head against the Dodgers, it was like whoever was on the road won. And um, and the Padres just couldn't play for anything, and it was too late. But um, they had a good year last year, and then the year before they didn't have a bad year, even though they started out bad. So Padres, Padres still good to me. Padres could still win the West. Padres could still go to the World Series. I don't know. But uh, all that talent, eventually it's got to start to play um, like you know it's capable. So, so yeah, so, yeah, Katy Perry, you guys.
Yeah. STP. Who doesn't love those Stone Temple Pilots? Uh, look, I had a podcast idea, and I uh, didn't finish it. So I thought, well, you know what? Maybe we uh, better finish it. So um just going to make some uh, World Series predictions because everyone else is doing that. Um, and I'll uh, talk how much I love opening day. It's like a holiday for me. And this whole week has been a holiday for me, in fact, because at work we're uh, uh, going through some changes um, in our uh, different studies that uh, I'm doing, which I don't think they want me to talk about. So we're just going to say it's a transition period in our place of employment. And we've had a bit of downtime, just a bit of downtime. Um, And so I'm able to kind of talk more uh, great sports talk and commentary. And uh, so here I am. And it's uh, Wednesday now. I've had this podcast, Rough Draft. Rough draft for a podcast idea, and I can't think of of just like what I want to talk about. I've just I've been watching movies, you know. The new Succession is out, um, and I think I sounded like shit yesterday, but I talked about you know the uh, tournament and how bad my bracket is and how nobody's bracket is very good. But just to recap. I think that there's only a few people that have good brackets right now, and those few would be people that go to Miami, FAU, maybe, uh, UConn for sure, and maybe San Diego State. That's it. That's it. Miami, FAU, UConn, San Diego State. Otherwise, I'm sorry, but there's nobody that has a good bracket. There's just not. Um, I'm, I'm quite confident of that. Quite confident of that. Um, you have to have your allegiance. It's one of those four. Because who... Who else could have seen this coming? I don't know. I don't know. I just know opening day is tomorrow, and it's that time where you just go back to the ballpark. Everyone's got their uh, hot dogs and beverages, um, beautiful Bud Select, Budweiser. And um, I don't know. Maybe it's a Miller Lite. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who, who likes what beer. But uh, I just know opening day is a great holiday in America, especially St. Louis and especially other cities where baseball is beautiful and king and and everything else that baseball is. And I'm just looking forward to a good year from, you know, a few teams. I think the White Sox are going to have a good year. I think Evan Roberts had actually the White Sox over the Astros to win uh, no, because they're in the same division. He had the White Sox over the Padres. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't say I disagree with that. Um, I think that's a pretty sound judgment. I think both teams have been kind of trending in the right direction for a couple of years now. And it might be their time to do really well. Um, I, I know he made this comment, and I kind of agree with it. The fact that like Tony La Russa was kind of like an interim type manager, and you wouldn't say that about a Hall of Fame manager usually, but I just think the timing was such that like there wasn't like a number of great managers out there, and Tony has World Series championship experience with the Cardinals and the Athletics, um, so a few, and they thought, well, where where better to get your fourth than where you started out, South Side of Chicago, and just wasn't happening i i people like uh you know the new guy they brought in the former royals 
manager, uh, but not head manager, but 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 uh, Royals bench coach, I believe he was. Um, and I, I'm struggling to think of his name, Pedro something. Pedro, his last name free for Dolis. No, 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 Pedro. Griffles, <laughs> what Fidolis? What? I, I it, it actually there's a, a Griffles was uh, is the name of a blood bank in um, Southern California, and a bunch of other cities have Griffles too. There's there's a couple different plasma donation um, sites across the country, but the two biggest I think are Griffles and not Pedro Griffles, but just Griffles. I don't think his family runs the blood bank. The plasma donation side, and it's but it's Griffles and I think CSL, CSL and Griffles, and they're all around the country. But anyway, so that was uh, I, I thought of his name. That, okay, so now you got to remember uh, the blood banks, uh, plasma donation sites, yada yada yada. Okay, Pedro Griffles, real shot to do great in Chicago, and you know they're voting for a new mayor. Uh, who better to come in and um, make Chicago? Uh, a good city again, safe and sound city again. I would say great again, but you know that kind of has the sound of like uh, I, I think it was a presidential campaign slogan. So I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to say uh, he's going to make the White Sox good again um, because they were kind of on their way in like 2020, the shortened COVID year. They made it to the playoffs, lost in the first round. Um, then they've just been injured. So hopefully, um, for that city's sake, a lot of some uh, late season baseball that's competitive, that's good, that makes it to October, and I think that's got to be the White Sox. By the way, I think both incumbents are Sox fans, or both potential for the runoff uh, mayor election, mayoral election in Chicago. Uh, both uh, Brandon, uh, is it Brandon Jackson? Brandon, uh, Brandon something. And um, I don't think he's going to win. So I think Paul Vallis is going to win. And Vallis from Palos Heights, so that's the south suburb. So he's probably a Sox fan. And the other guy, I think, is from just the south side. So he might be a Sox fan too. I don't know. But I, I think the next mayor is going to be well represented at Comiskey Park for the, I don't want to say World Series. I, I would like to agree with Evan Roberts, but I just don't know because they haven't played very late in October. So I think when I look at like a baseball team, like I, I talked about, it's like whoever wins the American League might have the best chance. And whoever has the best chance to knock off Houston might be the benefactors of World Series uh, favorites. So, you know, to me, it's like the White Sox already in the first, what, uh, series of the season, the first four games or three games um, starting in Houston tomorrow, we'll have an opportunity to uh, to win a few games against the Astros and really start off the year well. And I think from there, uh, you know, they're going to have to be competitive the entire year because as we saw last year, like the AL Central, for as bad as it looks, right, there's not like a, a great galloping team into like save baseball or into – uh, propel somebody in the American League Central over Houston or the Yankees or Red Sox or whoever, even the Red Sox haven't been relevant. But um, it's not going to be 
anybody in the Central. So if it's going to be, it's going to be the have to be the White Sox. I think. I, I don't. I just don't think the Twins are that good. I don't think the Guardians are that good. Tigers are really bad. Royals are okay. Royals can maybe compete this year. I'm not really sure. Um, but I think the White Sox have to have the advantage. And then, um, you know, for the AL East, it's like there's three good teams. Really, I don't. I don't know how good the Red Sox are going to be, but the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays could be really good. Um, this is a terrible baseball preview because I, I'm not like one of these guys that's like uh, my sports knowledge is like I, I don't like come up with stats and, and like show you guys like, oh, yeah, well, by the way, uh, this guy drove in 85 runs batted in last year for the Tampa Bay Rays. Like I, I'm just not that guy. I watch a lot of games. So by midseason, I'll be able to tell you like, OK, well, that guy's a really good player for the Rays. But before the season begins, I cannot possibly – tell you like uh this is why this team is going to compete with the yankees i just can't i can tell you why the yankees will be good and where the question marks are you know the pitching but i just think you know the offensive power uh re-signing judge you know and and just like whit merrifield like that's that's going to be crazy with him uh, in Toronto, I guess. So it's it's just like I, I I look at the Jays and the Yankees, kind of the two front runners. I look at the White Sox, and I don't know, maybe Royals as the front runners in the AL Central. And as you move west, I think look, Otani showed himself in the World Baseball Classic. He's going to have to um, really dig deep and and like figure out a way because you have Mike Trout there. Really hasn't seen much playoff action in all his greatness. Uh, as a member of the Anaheim Angels. So they're going to have to be good. I don't know if they're going to win the AOS. You still got Houston. But if if it would be one and two, I think that would make the most sense to folks because we're just like every year I feel like we're trying to figure out why Anaheim was not very good. And there's going to come a time when, like, I don't know. Like, I want to say they have explaining to do, but, like, the front office, like, Anaheim's kind of one of those teams. It's like they don't do well, and people are just like, okay, well, they didn't do well. Not like the Yankees. Like the Yankees don't do well, and you gotta have Brian Cashman go up there and convince all the media, in New York, all the media nationally, why the Yankees did bad, or, or like come up with something—a front office play, if you will—to uh, find more talent in the areas where they lacked. That's a whole. That's a year-long thing with the Yankees. They're, they don't take a day off much like maybe the Angels might because they have that luxury. It's like, well, they're not in a major market. I know they're in L.A. technically, but they kinda, they're kind of they kind of a quiet Orange County team, and, and they, they do well some years, and, and some years they don't. And it's like they never really have a whole lot of explaining to do like the Yankees would have or even the Cubs, uh, even the Cardinals, you know, major market teams not in big cities. I mean, St. Louis is probably – the smallest market of them all, but you know, major teams like the Yankees and the Cardinals and the Cubs, even the White Sox sometimes and the Mets, um, the Red Sox especially, they all they always have to explain, you know, what happened here at season's end. The Angels don't really have to do that for some reason. I, I guess they get a pass always, just always. I have nothing bad to say. I would live in Orange County, you know. I love Orange County; <laughs> it's a great place. But I have nothing bad to say about the Angels. But I'm just saying, like. Most years, they seem like they get a pass. And I'm wondering if this is the year where it's like Trout maybe has, what, like five years left in him? Six years, seven years? I don't know. But 
Otani. I mean, what he just did, the whole world saw what he just did in the World Baseball Classic. So if they don't have a good year, you know, I feel like this might be the year where silence is kind of broken uh, in uh, the Anaheim front office. And uh, But I think they will have a good year. I don't think – I think it will be much of the same um, out west where you have uh, the Astros and somebody else. And last year, the Mariners looked really good for a long time. They might look good again. I Look, I'd like to check out a baseball game out there. I've got – some like distant family, friends, whatever that people you know I know. Uh, I, I see sometimes in the summer, and they're always like, "Yeah, I'll come out to Seattle. We got to see a baseball game." I'm like, "Yeah, they suck though." And, and now I'm like, "Well, they actually look pretty good. They actually look pretty good." Seattle's a decent team. They're they're wondering if like this is the year where they finally like break through and like win a playoff series. You know, just like just getting in a wild card spot last year. Maybe this year's the year where they can actually do something and win a playoff series. I'm not sure. Um, but I wouldn't count them out. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't count them out. I, I know the Angels will probably, if they don't win the West, could probably get a wild card. Um, but so, too, could the Mariners. I and mean, the way that baseball wild card is structured now, it still gives a team like a, the Mariners a chance. Uh, or the Rays, I think, is probably the equivalent to the Mariners. The Rays are probably the equivalent to the Mariners in the American League East. And the Central doesn't really have a team like the Mariners. I'm sorry, they just don't. Whoever wins the AL Central will probably have at least 20 more wins, I think, this year than than the second-place team. And it might not have been like that the past, gosh, really the past five years. But I think this year, for whatever reason, it's like the White Sox, much like the Mariners, although they've had better talent on, you know, on paper, so you'd think they would have had a year um, like this the past couple, but that's beside the point. This year is, like, their year to really break through, whereas the Mariners are, like, trying to break through to the playoffs and get in uh, more than a series. The White Sox are like, we need to win a playoff series, you know? Like, we haven't won a World Series championship since 2005. And I'm, like, thinking about it in my head, and I'm like, it's kind of like, you know, it, it – 2005 is kind of like 1975 to the 1993 White Sox, who were actually a very good team. I was a, an infant then, so I don't really remember, but I know that there was a lot of uh, hype on that 93 team. They were a playoff team. Uh, Carlton Fisk's like last couple years, uh, I think Frank Thomas was just getting started. Bo Jackson, I believe, was playing baseball for the White Sox still on, on that team. So, like, a lot of, like, headline names. I mean, like, you know, Robin Ventura probably on that team, right? Like, they're just some real, like, household names uh, between Frank Thomas, Bo Jackson, uh, Pudge Fisk, um, Robin Ventura, Ozzie Guillen. I mean, the, the, the 1993 White Sox were a very good team who didn't, you know, they didn't go to the World Series, but that team was really good on the south side of Chicago and, you know, for many years – uh, there was never a- anything like that on the north side up until basically the Sammy Sosa, the Sammy Sosa years, right? Car- uh, Derek Lee, Sammy Sosa. So from my guesstimate, it's like the White Sox really dominated Chicago, and it is like they got the new stadium, you know, right across the street. They moved into the new Comiskey, like 90, whatever that was, 90, 91, 92. And 93 christened it with a really, really good team. And it's like 2023, <laughs> so if they, and, and they didn't win the World Series in 1975. I'm just saying, if they won the World Series in 1975, the 1993 team could have been like, well, we haven't won since 75. This year's the year, and it kind of feels like that in Chicago now. It's like, well, like I said, like you got the, the new mayor coming in, uh, local product from a P- Palos Heights guy, probably a big Sox fan. 
Um, and and then you you know you haven't been in the World Series since 2005. Haven't won the World Series since 2005. I mean, t- this is like the equivalent of 75 to 93. Even though, like I said, they didn't they weren't any good in the late 70s. This time they're worse. So there's actually like um there's there's you know more of a um like we'd like to see more. Whereas you know for over a hundred years, basically, you have two teams in Chicago where people don't expect much. They they expect you know nineteen eighty four Cubs really good team, uh, nineteen eighty three White Sox pretty good team, nineteen ninety three White Sox really good team as well. Just didn't do much in the playoffs. Just didn't get to the World Series, um, and then you know nothing again until two thousand five. And then 2006, the Cubs melted down, right? So it was like they had and didn't win it until 16. But there's all these years where there's nothing to base it off of, like as far as like, oh, we expect to go to the World Series. Like the Chiefs can say they expect to win the Super Bowl most years. No one's going to say otherwise because they've they've done it you know two times in uh, four years so like they've done it and so the dominating team in the national football league and until somebody knocks them off like nobody's ever gonna suggest otherwise like you know no one's gonna be like well the chiefs i just don't see it this year like no you can't really say that it's like they expect to win and basically the st louis cardinals are the same way and the Cardinals, the Yankees, whatever, like both teams, like they could say that most years, I feel like. Um, not that they've done it recently. Yankees in so nine, Cardinals uh, haven't won it since 11. But, you know, most years they've been able to say that. And I know it hasn't been, um, you know, Cardinals hadn't been since 13, but haven't won since 11. And the Yankees in 09. So it's kind of interesting. Like who's going to pick up the slack? Who's going to be the team? of the early 2000s. I mean, we're still in the early 2000s, 2023 this year. But I just think it's got it. Like somebody's got to stop Houston because Houston has just been so dominating basically since 2016, 2015, uh, much like the Dodgers. But in, in this case, the, you know, Dodgers only have one world series championship in that same time. And Houston's got a few. So I like this is really the Houston, Houston, more so than any other team, I think, in Major League Baseball, has redefined what this new century will bring for that program, for that fan base. And with all, look, all the people like moving to the Southwest, population trends, people moving towards Houston and Dallas and things, Austin, right? Like you, you have like a huge opportunity to just be like basically a dynasty and have like a world class baseball organization. Um, you know, up up to you know compete every year, so they have a really good opportunity down there. Like just a culmination of all the things that basically the Yankees had in in the 1920s, you know. <laughs> but it's the 2020s and uh, you know further south and west. So um, should be an interesting baseball year. I think if I'm really if I'm going to have to choose, I would probably say. Gosh, you know, to put Houston back in there, would it would it be hard to do that? I don't know. Like I would say it's whoever beats Houston, man, can the Yankees beat Houston? Can the White Sox beat Houston? Both haven't really beaten them in the playoffs. I will say though, you know, in, in the stock market or just in finance, we have like uh, a a word that kind of establishes um like um 
like if, if a stock's been like up and down and up and down and like there's some resistance there. There's some resistance there, right? So there's like a resistance line for the Yankees because they've actually been in the AL Championship Series, whereas the White Sox haven't. So if anything, I would actually say the Yankees have the best chance uh, to get to the World Series. Uh, and uh, let's have the Padres win. I don't know. Padres over Yankees. I'm going to... I'm going to uh, plus one Evan Roberts. I'm going to add one. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word. Add one? No. I'm just going to one-up Evan Roberts. That's what it is. One-up. There's a lot of one-uppers out there. Oh, your kid goes to Syracuse. Mine goes to Harvard. What year I'm talking about. These guys are always like trying to one-up you at every chance they get. Uh, so you got tickets to uh, the baseball game? Yes, I do. And I've also got a vacation house. Would you like to go? And it's like, Jesus. Well, you know, I'm just making conversation here. Um, one uppers, God, gotta love them. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna one up Evans' pick. I'm gonna say, let's give the Yankees a chance. They've got some resistance, unlike the White Sox, because the White Sox haven't made it out of the AL Divisional Series, right? Like AL Divisional Series, then the Championship Series, and the American League, and then the World Series. So the Yankees, having had you know been to a few uh, American League Championship Series uh, prior to the World Series, and just haven't you know, won the AL pennant and those tries. I think this year would be the year where they might be able to do that. And, um, you know, it starts with like maybe a sense of confidence from Aaron judge. Like he's here for a while and, you know, John Carlos stands getting a little older. Right. So, I mean, maybe he's uh, trying to win now and, um, you know, the pitching, if it can stay, if it can stay somewhat consistent with Garrett Cole and Jameson Tyone, it might be okay. It might be okay. I mean, the Yankees have always had. They've always been a team of like two or three aces, and they're like a couple other guys just happen to step up and pitch well late in the, in the season. And so that'll be the trick for the Yankees. Like, who are going to be those guys that step up and pitch? Um, so they might have five starters come October, or at least four good ones. You know, I think that's been their problem more than anything. And, and sometimes, you know, not timely offense, uh, and that's kind of like the St. Louis Cardinals as well. Not timely offense, especially for the like, the younger guys. Um, you know, like your Tyler O'Neill's, like your, um, I don't know, you can't really say that about Lars Newbar, but it's like there, there's just some guys that um, the timely hitting hasn't been there, haven't really had a chance to because they haven't, you know, like last year they lost in the wild card round in Philadelphia. So just like it goes to show that you know you build a little resistance, you know, and. You go from there. It's like Philadelphia, they had a great year last year, you know, but they just weren't, I don't think, the best team uh, even in October. Obviously, Houston was, but in the National League. I mean, to to me, like, I would have liked to see that series go seven games, Cardinals and Phillies. And I don't know. Look, last year was last year, but I just, I, I don't see Philadelphia winning the East this year. And I'm not even sure they're going to make the playoffs, you know, but. But last year they had a good year, so that was good for them. But I think like the Cardinals have some resistance because they've made the playoffs in the past few years, been competitive. Just the wild card rounds, man. They got to get past the wild card rounds. So, um, got to be able to do that. Kind of like the White Sox, got to be able to get past the wild card round, and um, and we'll see. But I think that nationally, you know, the Padres and Cardinals played in that series in the shortened season in 2020. I could see maybe another Cardinals wild card playoff series this time. Maybe it's the National League Championship Series. I don't know. Have it for the NL pennant. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. 
And then the American League, maybe it, maybe it is the Houston Astros and Yankees again. I don't know. Or maybe it's the Yankees and White Sox. I mean, who knows? But I would, I would think that with the resistance the Padres have kind of um, put together, winning, winning and winning, and getting further gradually, getting healthier as they go, yeah, I mean, the NL West kind of like, you know, Dodgers could still be very good, but they've traded some guys away. They've traded some guys away, and they're kind of, it might take them a couple of years to really get back in World Series form. Now, I'm not sure because it's the Dodgers, and they could, you know, add a few pieces at, you know, August, September, whatever. But uh, for right now, I'm going to say, I'm going to say yeah to the Padres, but I'm going to say Padres over Yankees. That's what I'm going to say on uh, uh, opening day eve on the evening of uh, the next day tomorrow's opening day on uh, opening day Erev I'm going to say Padres over Yankees in the World Series we'll see what happens um, that's my take and um, wishing everyone a happy opening day <laughs>